0: You're listening to the Art with Soul podcast, fortnightly conversations on the artist's journey to inspire your creative soul. And I'm your host, Shinjini. Hi there. Today I thought we'd talk a bit about language visual language, written language, words and images and how they are related, or rather how I think we relate to them. Long before I became an artist, I was a writer. In my younger years, I participated in juried poetry competitions and won. I've been writing on my blog since well over 11 years now and in my day job I am a writer and an editor. I wrote for magazines and newspapers at the start of my career and then moved over to business and financial writing. I've also kept a written journal pretty darn consistently since my teenage years. All of this just to say that I've been a writer for much longer than I have been a painter. But what I have noticed is that the act of painting, it seems to tap into a much more ancient, if you will, communication language. There's a connection, um, not a verbal one always, in that I can't always articulate what I was thinking or feeling while painting, but rather a strong visceral knowing, like I'm tapping into something ancient or primal when I paint. And if you think about art, you know, symbols and painted images, And you think about the cave paintings, and you think about Egyptian hieroglyphs, they were earliest form of communication, and they were in visual symbols. So I guess it would be safe to say that before there were words, there were symbols. Now, obviously, I'm not implying that one is better than the other. I'm simply reflecting here on the power of visual language, the power of art. And when I think about it, uh, the creative satisfaction that comes from painting. And here I'm thinking too of painting as a form of active meditation when you lose yourself in the process, in that flow state, which I think a lot of us artists often do, I think that's relatively easier to slip into than with writing. Now I do journal a lot and of course there is a way to tap into a deeper vein of gold through journaling and the written word but that does require more of a focused and an often guided practice. You need to come up with some carefully curated and crafted questions, if you will, to really tap into that vein of gold. With art, regardless of your level of experience, I think that it's much easier to tap into that alchemical healing state because if you think about it, you know, color already has a meaning and I'm really not talking here about standard color psychology, you know, where you will refer to a chart that says oh blue brings calm and pink brings uh, love but no, this is what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the color language that each one of us already has. And if you look at your home or your wardrobe and you observe the colors that you've chosen to surround yourself with, that's your color language. Or if you think about the colors that you choose to wear when you want to feel a particular emotion. So for example, when you want to feel confident or more upbeat, you subconsciously choosing a color to reflect something back to you. You could call that healing, you know, there is a thing like color healing. So, for example, a lot of times I pick up a red lipstick when I want to feel boldly confident. That's my color language. But when it comes to choosing power words, we need to go digging quite a bit deeper, don't we? And I think that this distinction between visual and language In a way, it comes from our DNA, you know. It's almost like we're encoded with a visual language that we may not necessarily always tap into because our world focuses on words. Although a lot of color psychology goes into branding, but that's something that's actively taught in design school. Whereas when we paint... It's more about what colours work together for us and finding the colours and the colour combinations that really make our heart sing. So as I was saying, our education system, our work, our very world is built on numbers and letters. The impact of a visual language isn't something we are necessarily taught in school. But when we do tap into the visual world, especially when we're doing that through an art or a creative painting practice, it awakens something ancient inside of us much quicker. It's almost like we remember our cave-dwelling ancestors and the language they used to communicate among themselves and with us through time and space. And, you know, you really don't have to be a capital-A artist, you know, a serious artist, whatever that is, uh, to tap into this visual world. Just painting for the sheer love of it, for the process, is powerful and when you do that as a daily creative practice that power is just amplified and you know speaking a little more about this symbiosis between color and language or language and visual imagery when you look back at some visionaries in their fields um Carl Jung, for example, the father of modern psychoanalysis, some of his seminal work was done using active imagination. An active imagination is a Jungian concept of tapping into your inner visual or your imaginal world, the world of images and feelings and emotions within you. Jung's red book, which is where he recorded these visions, is filled not just with notes of his experiences, but also with art. There are beautiful, deeply symbolic and layered mandalas illustrating that entire book. So it's that interplay between the language of our ancestors, if you will, and our spoken and written language, which is relatively more modern, that can bring deeper insights and meaning and growth and transformation, I believe. And I'm really curious about what you think so I would love to hear from you as well. Um, And you can go over to my website and leave your comments on the post that, uh, you know, on this podcast episode page. And if we get a rich conversation going there, I'd love to probably revisit this topic with some of your ideas as well. So really. In case you're wondering, what was the point of this chat? I guess this is more of a conversation, it's more of an invitation for you to think about art in a slightly different manner. Not just art for sale or art for art's sake or just purely as a hobby that you do when you have a little bit of time. Although, of course, all of these are absolutely valid ways to look at art, what I'm inviting you to consider is the idea of art for healing, for transformation, for building a much more solid relationship with yourself. Because that visual language and that colour story that you bring out and you create on paper, you know, that is a reflection of you and ultimately that solid relationship with ourselves, that deeper connection, I think that is something that all of us want, you know, the sense of belonging and connection with ourselves and with something greater than ourselves and this isn't something that's easy in this world where our attention is divided and fragmented among so many different distractions and where introspection and self-knowledge i think isn't given as much importance anymore and then there's the contemplative aspect of this which I believe is beautifully complemented and I think it comes even more alive with an art practice. So, for example, when I paint faces, uh, they're almost like self-portraits, even if they look nothing like me. But the colors, the layouts and the expressions on my portraits, they all reflect something back to me. Sometimes words come bubbling to my mind while I'm painting and I tend to always have a piece of paper near me um, in all my art sessions so that I can take down any thoughts that arise. Sometimes I'll find a perfect quote to pair with a painting and once it's all done I'll realize that that finished piece is reflecting a part of me back to myself it's reflecting my own state of mind. So this act of creating, of laying down colors and shapes and lines and seeing myself reflected back in some way, the healing there, the self-knowledge and connection that comes from looking at that visual, representation of a part of me that's something that's unparalleled with almost any creative practice and it's it's a controversial probably position to take but i'm going to go out on a limb and say this that it's definitely different from any other creative practice it's different from the written word Because when you've written something, you still have to read it and kind of take it in and understand it. But when you see a picture, when you see a painting, there's a knowing that comes even before words come into play, you know. So that's the thought that I wanted to share with you today. And I know this one was more of a freewheeling chat, but it's something that I've been thinking about recently, and I wanted to just share my perspective with you. I hope that you enjoyed this more meandering conversation. And sometimes I think these are the ones that are really juicy, you know. They may not be beautifully tied up with a bow, but they do get the ideas and our creative juices flowing. And that is really what I would love to achieve with this podcast. So like I said, I would love to hear your ideas and thoughts on the topic. You can share them with me on my website at moderngypsy.in podcasts, where you will find the podcast episode listed along with the show notes and some additional articles that you may find interesting on this same topic. And you can leave your comments there as well so that we can get this conversation going. So that's it from me for for today. Uh, Until next time, take care and keep creating.